Hey there, welcome to the What Connects Us podcast, where we explore human connection with people in the province. My name is Mason Gardner, and today we're chatting with Craig Reynolds to take a walk in his green shoes as the president and CEO of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We'll chat about the ups and the downs that come with it. Let's bring them out. Ah, uh, yes, if you ever ask me to tell you I'm from Saskatchewan without actually telling you I'm from Saskatchewan, there's a good chance I'll play you that song. Regardless of whether you bleed green or not, you have to agree that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are one of the most prominent brands in the province, and there are rider fans all across the world known for their fiery passion for the green and white. This passion is why the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are the third most popular sports franchise in all of Canada across all sports. I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but I spent five years working in marketing for the riders, and I can personally speak to how much of a pressure cooker it is. If the team is doing well, you have the full support of the province, but if they're not, watch out because you'll hear about it. This week's guest is at the helm of it all. Craig Reynolds, the president and CEO of the riders, joins us to talk about his journey to becoming a homegrown leader that took him all across the world, the highs and the lows of being in such a public position, and just how hard COVID-19 hit the organization after a cancelled season. Despite a bit of a hard exterior, Craig is a very personable, grounded, and actually a pretty funny guy. When I started at the riders, and he was the chief financial officer at the time, he was one of the first people that made me feel welcome through some friendly banter, and even when he got the promotion, he always still made room for some lighthearted trash talk, and that definitely makes its way into this interview. If you are used to seeing Craig in front of a camera during a press conference or a media scrum, I'm excited for you to see a completely different side of him as we break down his super interesting story. So let's get started. What connects us to Craig? Let's kick things off. Craig Reynolds, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Mason. So typically you'd hear us play like Bring Em Out or something like that, or you're probably used to that with uh, with Rider Games, but what a lot of people probably don't know about you is that you're quite the Adele fan. A huge Adele fan. <laughs> it's, it's a little known fact. I feel like we would play Adele to hype things up, but I don't think Adele and hype really go well together. No, she's 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 not a hype girl, let's, yeah. let's just say. She yeah. talks to your soul. She yeah, like, she does. She releases music when like season seasonal depression is at its all-time high. This, this time of year. <laughs> totally. So what's your favorite Adele song? What's it? Hello? Is that <laughs> what it is? Like the most depressing Adele I song. I think so. Wow. I, I, I like to belt that out every once in a while yeah. like, at home. Totally. Right on. So typically I'd start the podcast asking about how navigating the pandemic has been going for you, but I think that'll be a big part of uh, the interview. But work aside, I want to know What's the past year been like? How have you been getting through these times? Yeah, you know, probably not dissimilar from from everybody else in Saskatchewan. It's it's at times been been a challenge for sh- for sure, and and obviously we'll get into some of the professional stuff and the challenges for the riders, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, the professional side's been hard. You know, mm-hmm. obviously we we're dealing with a pretty big financial crisis, and so that occupies a lot of your time. But right. you know, it's like anything; you got to find uh, the positives out of it. I I had a summer unlike any summer I've ever right. had, to be honest with you. And yeah. it's interesting talking to Jeremy O'Day; he had the same experience, right? Yeah. Like there were just things in the summer that you did that you've not had an opportunity to do, and, totally. and who knows when you will have an opportunity to do it. So I spent a lot of time at the lake, like even though it was so intense work wise, yeah. but 
the reality is you were you were on conference calls and Zoom calls and Teams calls, and so you could do that from pretty much anywhere. And the yeah. Wi-Fi at the lake <laughs> was just as good. Oh it, yeah, it seemed. I felt the same way when I left the Riders. It was like I get a summer now. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to somebody saying, "Hey, do you want to go here? Do you want to come to my lake? Something like that." And you say, "Oh, I we'll probably have a game day." But this would have been completely different for you. It, it was it was bizarre. Like I remember one time I was on the on the lake. It was a beautiful day. It was plus thirty some, and I was on the lake, and kids were jumping off, and and we were on the boat. And my phone reminder came up, and it was—I think it was like BC at Saskatchewan—and oh, yeah. I, I've you know, because I had taken—I yeah. had taken the game out of my out of my schedule. And I yeah. thought, holy cow, you know, ordinarily you'd be at Mosaic with thirty-three thousand fans right yeah. now, and and a, and a bundle of nerves. To be completely honest with you, mm -hmm. that every sort of game day is in 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 this role and and working with the club, um, and then instead you're at the lake. So it just just was so different. Totally. And on yeah. game days, you're not just like showing up for kickoff like oh, the rest. Bro. Like you're oh. there hours yeah. before. Yeah, hours. And hours and hours after it's, yeah. a, it's a full day experience. totally yeah absolutely so before we get too far into it let's just jump in with a quick introduction tell me who is craig reynolds give me some background on who you are so we can better understand your story yeah well i guess i'm i'm was born in regina but i was raised in in a small town foam lake mm -hmm. uh, which is about an hour uh, west of of yorkton wonderful place to grow up the, the lake I, I refer to is fishing lake which is kind of oh. confusing to people because the yeah. town is foam lake so um, everybody expects that's the lake, but the, you know, 15 minutes later is a beautiful lake called called Fishing Lake. So, so there's no lakes in Foam Lake. There, there is a lake. There is a Foam Lake, um, but it's not <laughs> like the lake. The Foam Lake. Yeah, there yeah. is the Foam Lake, and it's bizarre because <laughs> there's like shaving cream sort of foam that sort of forms. Really? It's, yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's pretty. Not the entire lake, but it's, yeah. it's that's that's where it got its name from. Good, good name. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So went to university in um, Arizona and yeah. um, and pursued accounting and and ended up uh, finishing that at U of S yeah. and then just uh, started a career in in, in finance and accounting and uh, spent some time in Europe, mm -hmm. um, in Luxembourg and London. Eventually went to Calgary. Thought that's where I was going to end up permanently. I was going to sort of settle there, have a family, and and just sort of carry on with that role. And then. A uh, series of events sort of led to ultimately me uh, me coming back uh, here and working with the riders and, and got my dream job um, with the riders awesome. as, a, as a CFO. And then eventually that led to a C the CEO job. Awesome. And two kids, right? Two kids. Yeah. Even yep. though. Yep. Awesome. Let's slow it down a bit. Tell me a little bit about you in high school. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I I guess I was I was a good student. I, I actually liked school, yeah. um, for sure. I, I I was I was a diligent student. I would guess it's interesting. My my daughter Neve is a very diligent student, and I see a lot of me yeah. and me and her. Um, and um, so yeah, I was a diligent student. I love sports. I really mm. did. I played everything. Um, and I uh, loved playing sports. Loved talking about sports. Sports was a big passion of mine. So yep. so yeah, it was just a sort of a typical sort of a small town up upbringing. You know, it's a very farm farming oriented community. It's yep. a community where everybody knows. Everybody Everybody, an incredibly friendly place, and it's just a great place to grow up. Awesome. And you just talked about football. So I mm -hmm. feel like we need to talk about this because you're being very, very, very humble with your your, your quarterback I career in, yeah, in Foam yeah. Lake. Would you be able to let everybody know just about how successful and how much of an illustrious football career you had in, in Foam Lake? Yeah, it was it was record setting. Really, is it the was. only way to describe it. So I, I believe I was the only person in Foam Lake Panther history to ever lose every game they ever played. So 
as a starting quarterback too. Do so you have like a like, plaque up like in the hall school uh, hallways? It probably is. Yeah. yeah. So there's like a what like a negative hall of fame if there yeah. is such a thing. I'd, I'd be in it. Like so. a sign home of of Craig Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> the only guy to ever go zero and zero and six <laughs> as a starting quarterback. And yeah. Oh. No. So it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I loved football. I, I always have. Um, um, but I wasn't. I wasn't very good at it. I guess. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting because yeah, I lost every single game I played played it with. Um, as a, as a starting quarterback. And so no scholarships came your no way. No scholarships oh. came your way. The, the scouts were limited, I yeah, would say. Yeah, totally. So were you a Ryder fan growing up? I was a massive Ryder fan yeah. growing up, which I think, you know, is, you know, even today, that's sort of, you know, in some respects, how I, how I lead as mm. sort of a fan, fan first. But yeah, huge fan. I was, I was the, I was the guy growing up that every schedule was based around the rider schedule, yeah. right? Like I, it, you know, I never missed a game. I listened to the post game call in shows. I always knew who the third string quarterback was right. and would research who was just signed and, and sort of walking rider encyclopedia in some, in some cases. Right. That's funny that you always know who the third string quarterback is. That is always the most popular person on, yeah. the, on the rider <laughs> it roster. Is. It is. Um, typically you'd see your grad, your rural grads going to the university of Regina, going mm -hmm. to the university of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon, or you see people going to provinces closer to home. You opted to go to Arizona. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was, you know, it was just graduating high school. I just felt like I needed an adventure. And it's, I guess, maybe a bit of a theme because uh, I ended up going to Europe too. And, and that was sort of a similar sort of thought, thought process, just kind of yeah. wanted an adventure. But yeah, I just wanted an adventure post high school. And yeah. um, I, I applied, I think it was to UBC and, and U of S. Mm -hmm. And then I just on a whim applied to Arizona State University. I'd spent some time down there. My parents had uh, had um, spent some time down there just sort of vacationing. I thought, wouldn't this be yeah. kind of cool? And then they just, um, you know, accepted me and they had this international student scholarship. And mm. so it was basically free tuition for, for two years. Oh, and really? So, yeah. So I thought, you know, why why not, right? Yeah. And, and and this would be a neat experience and kind of the adventure I was craving. Yeah, you're like pre-snowboarding. Yeah. Like you're just getting a lay of the land, checking out some real estate, exactly. going to school. See if I want to retire there at <laughs> totally. the age of 18. <laughs> Yeah. So two years there, what did, what was that experience like? It was great. It really, it really was. It was, you grew up fast and I think that was part of it too. And, and maybe it wasn't, you know, a, a conscious desire, but maybe it was a subconscious desire to, to kind of move away and kind of right. find your independence and those types of things. And because you grew up fast, like it was, you know, I saw my parents each semester, I think once mm -hmm. and I came home at Christmas and those types of things. But, right. um, you know, it's in some cases it was lonely, right? Cause you're, you're in a, you know, as, as much as the U S is, is very very similar. It's a different country. Very different. Yeah. yeah, very different. And so met um, tons of tons of great friends. Some of which I still connect with today. Whoa. But but it was it was a big school too. Like there's forty some thousand students that go oh, to wow. ASU. So you yeah. know from a kid from Lake Saskatchewan, fifteen hundred people yeah. to go to a big school like that. It was a bit eye opening. In the city, you know, it's yeah. it's in Tempe, which is part of Metro Phoenix and Metro Phoenix is huge. Yeah. So I remember going from Lemberg to the Regina University of Regina yeah. and you're not even used to staircases, let alone like thousands of people around you. I can't even imagine what that have been like for you. Yeah, it was, it was neat. It was, a, it was, I'm glad I, I'm super glad I did it. It was a great experience. And like I said, I, I grew up kind of matured kind of quick because I went there and I was only 17. My right. birthday is in December. And so I was only 17 mm. when I went. And so you're, I was pretty young when you look back at it, but yeah, a really cool experience. Like I remember one time we, we ditched, uh, I think it was Friday or maybe even Thursday, and we went to Vegas for the weekend. Oh, really? Roommates. And like, it's just yeah. things like that that you wouldn't get to do, right? Yeah. And, and nowadays it's a little bit easier, but back then that was so foreign. And yeah. so we just would drive to Vegas because it's a four-hour drive. Yeah. It was just a cool experience. That's like us going to Saskatoon. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's that'd be crazy to wrap your head around. Yeah, it was neat. So why accounting? Why, why did that pique your interest for a career path? 
Yeah, it was, it's it's probably not dissimilar story to if you talk to lots of accountants. It's it's probably just you start with you're good at math. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so so I was really really I liked math and and I was good at it yeah. and and it was you know I, I talked about I wasn't good at football but I was good at math. Right. And so so it's one of those things you you kind of just sort of start talking to people. What do you do if you're good at math? Totally. And, and, and accounting comes up and but I think it was interesting because my dad was part of a small business. Um, yeah, he was part of a, a partner in a John Deere dealership and oh, so nice. I saw him and and so I kind of always wanted to get involved involved in, in business. And I thought, and I thought, um, you know, accounting would give you a good grasp of, of the important sort of business co concepts and financial concepts. And, and so I always had, had this vision of sort of leading an organization and, 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 you know, ultimately, which I very, very fortunate to do today. Right. Um, and so I think I thought accounting was a good basis for that. Right. And so you did two years at Arizona and then yes, you went yeah. to the U of S, right? Yeah, then so I went to the U of S, yeah. Was that because your scholarship was done or you just missed home? What was that? A little bit of both. Yeah. 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 So the scholarship was, was done. It was a two-year max scholarship. Um, the, the adventure was really, really cool, but I, I was a little homesick and I, right. you know, I, I think I just realized I didn't want to live in the U S and mm. I thought, you know, and even with accounting, there was, there was kind of a decision there. It was like, you know, I either pursue my Canadian sort of CA or, or I'd have to do it down there. And mm. so there was kind of a decision point there in terms of what I sort of saw career wise. And, and it was a little homesick and I just kind of wanted to get, get closer to home and, right. and get more comfortable there. So transfer to U of S and that was a really good decision. I'm really glad I did that. Yeah. What was that experience like at the U of S compared to the, to Arizona? Yeah, it was different. I remember because I, I ended up taking a semester off just because I had made that decision and left Arizona and then I got back home and I was, and I was a little bit you know, I, I wasn't second guessing this decision, but I was like, well, I'm not so sure now. Maybe I should mm. go back there. And so I ended up taking a semester off. So so the, the biggest difference was I started at, um, started school at U of S and it was like early January. And yeah. It was like one of those minus 40 days. Totally. And You're I remember- like, What am I doing? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I remember actually seeing a, a, a friend of mine from high school, like the first person I saw when I walked into- uh, sort of uh, got off the bus or whatever it was, and and they looked at me and they said that they're like, "What the hell are yeah. you doing? Like, <laughs> you have a tan. Is, yeah, what, do you, <laughs> what are you, you doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah." So it was a little bit of that, but uh, no, I I I love the U of S. The, the accounting school there is so good. Yeah, and and so much smaller and tighter knit, and mm -hmm. you know, my best friends to this day are are um, from the U of S. Right. Like I'm I'm still in a fantasy football league with accounting uh, students that I, I went to graduate with. And, yeah. and, uh, and have you won a game at that? I've, <laughs> I've won that league. I'll have oh, you know. Congratulations. Me, so. We've seen you improvement. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've won that league. Uh, not this year, this year I finished dead last, but oh. uh, last year I won it. Yeah, so back to your roots. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you'd see people probably like your friends from Arizona messaging you saying, Hey, let's go to Vegas. And you're like, I am shoveling out my car <laughs> after <laughs> snowmageddon has hit. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. So after university, you stuck with your theme of of craving new experiences and it took you across the globe. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So similar, actually, when I when I reflect on it a little bit, similar to when I was in high school and kind of just wanted to venture. And I started my career in Saskatoon and mm -hmm. I, I loved Saskatoon and, and 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 really enjoyed that. Worked for KPMG, an accounting firm up there. And yep. um, But then again, I just was like, you know, this was a cool designation and it was a designation that I thought you could you could uh, a bit of a global designation uh, yeah. accountants. You can kind of get a job almost almost anywhere. That's one of the beauties of accounting. Right. And so it's just started looking at um, opportunities to, to move abroad and uh, 
and I just had bad timing. It was, uh, I was looking at this right before September 11th. Mm. And then once September 11th happened, it was, there was just shut down. Like right. they were, there was no international transfers. So literally the only place that KPMG was transferring people to was Luxembourg. Nice. And so, so I thought this would be kind of cool Europe and, yeah. and you don't really know much about Luxembourg. Yeah. And then you, uh, you research and you're like, well, this is just sort of right in the heart of Europe and, yeah. and there's some cool sort of travel opportunities. And that's for me, that's what it kind of was. It was yeah. like, get out there and travel a little bit uh, and work, you know, so you're not traveling, you're not necessarily backpacking. Mm -hmm. You're kind of, you can go on weekends and do those types of things. And so, yeah, that was a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. That would be. So what did that teach you that you wouldn't have learned otherwise? You become a little bit more adaptable to change, I think. Totally. You're, you're in a yeah. completely different culture and completely different country and, yeah. and language issues and all those types of things. Cause I have like, my French is terrible. Yeah. And so that was a challenge. So how long were you there? I was in Luxembourg for a year and then I was in London for two and a half. So oh, nice. yeah. So basically, um, the Luxembourg sort of experience was, was, was great. Um, love that, but, um, you know, a series of events just to kind of led me to London and, mm -hmm. um, and I really enjoyed London. Like London was, I, well, I had a love hate with London to be honest <laughs> okay. with you, because some days I was walking around the city and I was like, I live in the greatest city in the world. This right. is the coolest place ever. And then some days when the tube was delayed or it was yeah. whatever, there's you know, it was raining again for the 400th day in a row. Yeah. It felt like you were just like, oh, why would anybody live here? This is just, you know, just But you're like terrible. Adele lives yeah. here. Yeah, Adele <laughs> lives here. That's, maybe that's where my Adele, that must uh, be it, subconsciously, hey? that's where my Adele yeah. uh, love began. Totally. I find that a lot of people, including myself, if I travel to like Vancouver or something, or I haven't been to London, but I feel like it would be the same sort of thing. You, you love it, but then once you realize how much time you spend on transportation yeah. and waiting around, you miss like a Regina where you can get to the North End in 15 minutes. So cool story with that. My, my boss in London, she had a two and a half hour commute every Ouch. day, each way, yeah. Mason, like yeah. each way. Yeah. So she, like, I can't even imagine. And she, she was in her late fifties late fifties. And she had done that her whole life. She had worked yeah. in London her whole life and she lived in a small town two and a half hours away. And Why? it just, it just blew my mind. Yeah. Like just, it was, it was crazy. You'd have to make friends with like the driver yeah. or something like that. Well, and she did, it was literally like planes, trains, automobiles. She yeah. drove to the train station. She took a train into London, then she took a bus right. and then she had to walk to the, uh, the office. It was crazy. Amazing. So then what brought you back to did you go straight to Calgary from yeah. there? So yeah, so directly from London into to, to Calgary. Yeah, and how long were you there? Calgary was there for four, just over four years. Wow. Yeah. Okay, let's take a really quick time out. A lot of Craig's story about what led him to the riders centers around travel. If you've ever traveled internationally before, you know that your entire experience can be derailed if you haven't put enough forethought into how your banking transfers over and ensuring you have enough access to funds whenever you need it. I chatted with Chris Warner, who is a part of our Connexus Novus teams and a big rider fan. I asked him, if I am planning on traveling overseas when it is safe to do so, of course, what should I keep in mind to make sure I'm set up for all of my banking needs before I leave? This is what he had to say. Yeah, we know everybody has a ton of time on their hands right now making these big travel plans for when we can do it again. We want that trip to be the best it can be, so I'm gonna give you four quick hacks that make it that much better. So number one, give your credit card company or FI the heads up where you're going. There's a ton of fraud in the world right now, and these guys are just looking out for your best interest, knowing you're spending your money and not someone else. Number two is a cash versus credit plan. So understanding where you want to spend your cash versus how you want to utilize your credit is super important because A, it saves you a little bit on fees, but B, it then gives you the opportunity to save a little bit more on exchange rate taking cash with you. Bonus hack here is if you can pay for things like travel in advance, it saves you even more. Number three, 
have a backup. We're told to have a copy of our passport, and you should have a backup copy of some source of funds as well, be it a card or another way to pay. A bonus hack here is having the international call numbers of your credit card numbers saved in your phone. Reason is, then you don't got to search around should something unfortunate like you lose your card happen. Number four, fees please. Know what your international fees are on your credit card purchases. It's going to save you money and time later and a shocking credit card bill when you come back. These are just four quick small hacks that you can do in advance that's going to make your return to Canada stories about how great the trip was versus how horribly off the rails it went in one small instance. Thanks, Chris. True story. I've been stuck on a cruise ship with no access to my money because I didn't call my credit card company before I left. So save yourself the headache and make sure you prioritize your plan for your finances while you're laying out your packing list. All right, we're just getting to the good part of Craig's interview. So let's get back to it. So let's get into how we got over to the riders. Yeah. So how did you land your first job and come back to Saskatchewan? Yeah. So, you know, I, I was... Uh, given a role, um, which resulted in me uh, needing to move to Fort McMurray. Yeah. And so, and then I was going to move back to Calgary. That mm. was the the plan. It was like a two and a half year sort of role there. And my daughter was just born. And so I thought, okay, she's not in school. This is the good time to do, to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and I moved, we moved to Fort McMurray and, and I, I liked living there, but the role, I just didn't enjoy the, enjoy the role. It was right. a, it was a project management role, which was great experience, but it was just very hard to make, make progress. I felt right. anyways, I started thinking about, um, expecting our, our son and, you know, maybe getting closer to home, getting closer to our family, yep. kind of missed sort of a, you know, a bit of a Saskatchewan sort of yep. lifestyle and, and going to the lake and those types of things. And so just completely random, the rider CFO job yeah. was just sitting there and I was like, wouldn't that be cool? I right. love the rider grip, loving the riders. And it was yep. ironic because I was in Arizona with uh, my family. It must've must been six months before that. My, my sister, I was complaining a little bit about my job yeah. and my sister was saying, well, what would be your dream job? And I said, well, working for a professional football team, yeah. like the riders, that would be my dream job. And then sure enough, it was right there. So yeah. never thought in a million years I'd get it. Cause I thought, you know, there's gonna be tons of people in Saskatchewan who apply for it. And even though I have roots here, I was like, nah, you know, to move and all that jazz, it just won't work out. Yeah. And yeah, applied for it and ultimately got that, it, got that job. It's crazy. It's almost like serendipitous. Tell us a little bit about like the chief financial role and like your first days of, of being in the green and white. Yeah, it was, it was just a neat experience. It, re- it really was. It was everything, you know, I, I was excited about it and it sort of, you know, sometimes you're like, is it going to be a letdown? But no, it, it wasn't. I remember like it was like day three, uh, George Reed popped in yeah. and and I had to talk to him about about something and he was in my office and I was mid conversation. I was listening to him, but I wasn't, you know, I was, you were spacing out a little bit and I was yeah. like, I am talking to George <laughs> I know, Reed. Yeah. He's yeah. in my office right now and he's yeah. talking to me and <laughs> yeah. like this is my job now. So it was you know, you'd have moments like that over times where it's just like this is the coolest thing ever. Totally. I remember the first time I went down on the sidelines during a game, I was like, Oh my lord, I'm on the sidelines for a yeah. rider game. And totally. this is, it was preseason, but it for me it was just it was just amazing experience. So yeah, no, and and tons of neat um, projects and things that we had on the go then it was it was a really good time to be with the riders because you know the economy was rocking and mm-hmm. and 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 we were gearing up for 100th um you know centennial celebrations um there was talk about a new stadium yep. we were hosting the great cup in 2013 that kind of started to happen or, or the thinking about that started to happen just sort of shortly after i started and right. and i thought there was lots of opportunities to kind of just the core financial stuff just to kind of bring some of the, um, you know, the experience that I had Suncor working in a big company. It was just, there was just some things I saw there yeah. that I was like, let's, let's bring that here. This will be, this will work here and this will help, help move the riders forward. And I think that's the the biggest thing is just, it felt so neat to be 
working some for something that you're so passionate about. And anytime you'd bring an idea, it was, you'd bring passion with it because you're like, okay, I want to do this because I want the writers to be good and great. I want the writers to be great. And, and like, that's sort of how even today, like everything's about this. I want the writers to be great because I care about this so much. I know everybody in this province cares about it so much. So we want to make this great. When you become that friend that works at the writers where people yeah. are so excited be like have you met my friend mason he works at the writers and you become people just care so much about the province so yeah. it makes you want to work harder for the province yeah absolutely does so how long were you you were with this as a cfo for um it was almost six years it's five and a half years i think six, well, five yeah. and a half years so yeah. take us to 2014 so the writers had just hosted and won the gray cup at home like the dream season pretty yeah. much retail sales were on an all-time high and beloved jim Jim Hobson announced that he would be retiring. Yeah. I want to be able to contrast the before and after the huge career step. So give us a snapshot of what it was like for you before Jim's retirement and t- that frame of mind, whether what you were contemplating, should I apply for this or not? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, it was, it was really interesting. And I think it was, it was I had a, probably a unique perspective just because I had worked for the club and in the club and saw, you know, Jim's, function in that role right. and the challenges and and the highs and the lows I guess and, and it's interesting because you can you can really remember the highs mm-hmm. and they're easy to pick out like I remember you know hugging Jim on after the, we won the Grey Cup on yep. the sideline 2013 and like the highest of highs right mm-hmm. um, but I also remember some of the lows right yeah. you're on a three-game losing streak and it's just it, the pressure and the challenges and so so that was an interesting sort of discussion. I remember having lots of conversations with Jim, uh, and he would, you know, talk to me about, do you think you want to do this role? And 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 I just having honest conversations with him around, you know, I'm not sure, Jim. Like I I I think so, but but here's some of the challenges I see. I see the toll it takes, I, right. and I see some of the you know the challenges that 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 you face. And 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 he was honest. He's like, yeah, you know, the reality is though that's part of the job. Like yeah. everybody looks at thinks about the highs and and excitement and. But there's some there's some challenges to it as well. Yeah. So so that was kind of where my head was at. I was I wasn't sure, and, and and you know you're going through the emotions too. You know Jim, you know was one of the reasons I came to the Riders. He's and beloved. I, yeah, and yeah. I worked with him for five and a half years, and just enjoyed that experience. And he gave me so much autonomy and um, opportunity there. Like I really. Yeah was uh, able to do a lot of things and lead in a lot of ways. So right. so I felt really, really comfortable, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that role, like just looking at it, you become like a, a public figure in the province and there would be so much of a sacrifice you'd have to make from just a privacy standpoint. Did that weigh into your decision at all? Yeah, it, it did. And, you know, I think the way I approached it, and, and I said this in the interview, like I, I don't think the, the like my role or, or me should be the public face of the of the franchise right. you know i think i i think that should be the head coach and, and in some cases the general manager and obviously when you get star players and those types of things but having said that there is a role there is a very very public role for the for the president and ceo job and so yeah that was that was a huge consideration because you know when you're the cfo you're you're totally behind the scenes and i was quite comfortable behind being behind the scenes right. and when you've never been sort of front facing it's it's a bit daunting and you, yeah. you wonder like do i want to do this what would this be like like impact it like you said to your privacy and mm-hmm. and, and and so that those those thoughts all ran through my head and and they were probably the the one thing that sort of led me to think you know do i right. do i apply for this job do, yeah. do i just sort of stay where i am at is it time for a change you know th- those thoughts were all going through your head at about that time totally so how did you find out that you got the role 
Yeah, it was interesting. So there was a there was a hiring committee um, uh, that consisted of, of some of the board members, and it was it was a very it was a very uh, diligent process and, and very sort of strict process. So mm-hmm. I didn't really sort of have any casual conversation, and the interview didn't go didn't start off very very well. Oh it really? Was, yeah, it was. I was really really nervous, and I <laughs> made some strategic poor decisions Did you? Are, like I was really nervous I'm like you know what'll make me feel better is I'll, I'll have a big latte before I go into the no yeah so I did so I stopped at the coffee shop it was downtown and I stopped at I forget which coffee shop was at this massive latte and just pounded it right so I was just like <laughs> just vibrating yeah. just shaking it was the afternoon too yeah. and I don't drink a lot of coffee in the afternoon yeah, and like, so you like the writers I like yeah, the writers yeah. I'm a big writer fan yeah, always massive, been a writer fan, massive, massive writer fan. <laughs> and so um so yeah so I didn't it didn't start off very well and the board members sort of and after I got the job they they would constantly bug me about how really? I, I was blow in the interview until and it's actually funny because i actually said a joke and that's what they said after that like everything changed right like they were like they were thinking to themselves this this guy's blowing it yeah like there's and then i i said something you know i made fun of myself just that i, I forget what it was oh it was something about yeah where i was talking about the the organization and i yeah. said and we need to get a better cfo yeah and so nice. i was kind of <laughs> mocking myself and and they laughed and so then it kind of was like, calmed me down but then some time had passed and i hadn't heard and so then i thought oh you know am i gonna be let down here yeah. and, and then yeah and so then I, I i had uh two of the board members they they asked to meet me but they asked to meet me um i think it was in uh, the board chair wayne morsky's uh, office okay and so i thought i i wasn't sure when i went there yeah. because i thought you know this might be the way to let me down because they yeah. wouldn't do this at the at our office because right. you know they you know i'll be upset and, mm. and the challenge is you know senior colleagues and, and so i went there not knowing if i was you know what was happening um and so and i probably was leaning towards they were going to let me down oh yeah and um and they just told me and they like it was the first thing they sort of said and yeah. uh yeah so it was, it was a neat what was neat the first thing that went through your mind i i think I think honestly, it was, whoa, my life's about to change. Yeah. Like there's going to be a before this meeting and <laughs> there's going to be a bit after this meeting. And yeah. I think it's more so, like you said, the public part of it. Like yeah. I was a private sort of guy and, you know, you obviously, you know, you're in, you're involved with riders. So you, you, you know, lots of people in the community and you go to events and all this type of stuff, but it's different when right. you're, when you're, you're behind the scenes versus when you're sort of, you know, the, the, you know, in charge. Right. So, um, I think once I set my mind to, wanting the the role i i really threw everything into it mm-hmm. um, despite the nervousness and almost blowing the interview process i was really committed to it and yeah. i think so there was that sense of accomplishment too it's like okay yeah. i put my mind to this and i actually i actually achieved this and right. then then there was a big picture like view of like you know i said that like my dream job is 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 working for a franchise a sports franchise and right. running a sports franchise i know my you know I'm going to be able to do that. I'm going to yeah. be, I'm going to run a sports franchise, you know, working yeah. with the board obviously and everything, you know, so, but I thought this is, this is what I, as a kid, this is what I would have said I wanted to do and crazy, I didn't hey? get to do it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's crazy when you are up in the stands of old historic mosaic stadium in those colored stands and you just, all you want to do is touch the field Yeah. and then you fast forward years and you are walking on the field. And then for in your case, you're not just walking on the field, like you are, in charge of all these people and 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 leading all these people around you, that would have just been such a surreal moment. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's it's fun to actually reflect on that because I don't you don't you don't do that very often. Totally. So I appreciate you answering that asking that question because yeah. it's kind of neat to relive that that the nerves of going into that meeting room yeah. and like I'm not so sure what's happening. Here. Yeah. So what was that first year like for you? You're going from you're being plucked from being a CFO where you're. It's nice that you would have had um, you would have known the organization but you're really shifting a role. What was that first year like for you? 
Yeah, it was it was a challenge. It really was, um, and and mostly because the the team we had some challenges. Yeah, uh, right. So, um, it you know, and 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 as much as you you're involved in the organization and you have a good sense, so there was there was a little bit of comfort there because, um, you know, as CFO, you're involved in in so many things. It was a small sort of executive group, and so. So um, I was involved in so many things. So there was a comfort, I guess, a little bit on the business side right. to a certain extent. Um, and then, but then there was, you know, the, the, the whole sort of football side yeah. that, you know, obviously you're not deeply, deeply involved, but you oversee. Yeah. And then, and then the year started off poorly. And totally. so then uh, that was, that was very, very challenging. And then, yeah, then you start to see the whole sort of, um, the whole gamut of the CEO, like right? the yeah. criticism and the, you know, the challenges and the pressure and all the things I saw that like the headlines yeah. is Craig Reynolds meant for this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you start to, you start to, you, you know, you gotta be careful because you mm -hmm. can read stuff and you get, you know, unfortunately social media, you get sent stuff right. and like, it's just, you know, it can be hard. It can yeah. be really hard. And, and so, so that was really hard because you're, when you're new in the role too, like, mm -hmm. like now having been in the role a little bit, you, you have a little bit of a sense of, you know, Maybe it's a bit of a more of a confidence, or at least a bit of a been there, done that for some of these things. But yeah. when, when you're new, you're new. Like yeah. everything's everything's brand new to you. Yeah. What do you rely on? Because you're not just a new CEO or president and CEO of an organization, but it is not just one of the most widely talked about brands in Saskatchewan, but it is the one of the top three sports brands in Canada. Like, where do you draw your strength from in order to navigate that criticism? Yeah, you know, a, f a few areas, I guess. Like, I, I always go back to, you know, your values. And, you know, so I always stay grounded with with your values and what you believe is right. So I'm kind of value-based, I guess, a yeah. little bit of that. And so you go back to your roots and, and, and hard work and, and growing up in a small town and some of the things you are ingrained in you from an early age. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in sort of mentors or, or having people in your corner or right. people you can reach out to. So. The beauty of of the rider job and and my job is I've got a great board and mm -hmm. I have the whole time and so there's lots of people on the board I would reach out to and and talk to including our chair of course but uh, others on the board as well and then there's past board members too that you developed relationship with over the over the past and then just right. community leaders so you, you know you gotta you gotta reach out to some people sometimes because it's yeah. it's the one thing one of the board members told me when I told him I was applying for the job um, he's a CEO as well mm -hmm. um, in in Regina and he sort of. I was asking him a little bit about being a CEO and, and he said, it's, it can be lonely, Craig. Oh, so, I bet. so he said, you know, you gotta make sure you, you reach out to people and, and don't be afraid to do that. And so yeah. it's, it's good. I, I should probably even, you know, follow his advice even more so, you know, yeah. nowadays too, but I, I try to, um, cause it can be lonely at times. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I think those were kind of how you go. Cool. And then the, the family, my family grounds me too, right? Right. And kids. And so it's just, you know, when you have a bad day, you come home and you see, yep. you see your kids and it makes everything. Better. And then when they go to bed, you draw a bath, you play some Adele. <laughs> play some hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you just really belt you it snap out. out of it. Yeah. yeah. It's the frustrating part about, um, being with the riders is that the, you work so hard to whether it gets, gets people in the stadium, get them hyped for the season. And there's such a large chunk that you can't control. And that's the on-field performance. So you feel like you put all this effort in and when things aren't going your way, it's like you're criticized for it, but you're like, I'm not a quarterback guys. I don't know what I can really do. And thank God you weren't a quarterback. Yeah, thank because, God. <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah. We would never win. Six. A, we'd be, yeah, we'd never win a game <laughs> yeah, ever exactly. in the history of, yeah, but it is such a pressure cooker and it's a really emotionally demanding role and you go through 
extreme ups. Like you would have seen like the opening of the new stadium, winning the Grey Cup bid and launching the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. And then on the other end of the spectrum, some really devastating times like the death of Joel McKnight. Humboldt Strong was super tough on the organization. And just like you said, some tough performance years on the field. And we'll talk about COVID-19 in a second, but we could do an entire podcast on these things. How do you navigate this pressure cooker of an organization? Yeah, it's 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 hard, and, and I think you nailed it. Like, there's so many highs and and so many so many lows, and 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 it's a little bit unique that that way. And there's so much invested in it too, mm-hmm. right? Like, people care so much, and you cares ab- about it so much, mm-hmm. and and it's so so different different that way. So you know, again, I think it's just staying staying grounded, staying true to who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think that's the one thing for me. I had a really great um, mentor sort of say, he, he said, Craig, just be who you are just be you. Cause that's how, that's how you got this job. That's who you should be. And, and I remember even just the introductory press conference, I was, I was super nervous. Uh-huh. I had never done anything like that. And, and, uh, our media director sort of said like, there's going to be lots of cameras or there's going to be yeah. lots of people there. And I was just like, and he, he told me that and it just stuck with me. It's like, just, just be yourself mm-hmm. and be consistent. And so I think, that's part of it is just trying to be consistent. I don't, you know, even though internally I might be feeling it a little yeah. bit, I, I want to make sure outwardly I'm pretty calm. And, and I think I'm a pretty calm, patient person to right. begin with. And so I think that helps. So outside of these things that we talked about, I want to hear, give me some highlights, some highs and lows, and just personal highlights, things of that you'll always remember if you were to ever move on from this role. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think interacting with your, your heroes, like I mentioned, sort of George Reed, but you know, you know, you know, I've had I've met so many incredible players, but interacting with Ray Algard and, 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 you know, Dave Ridgway has become a, f- a friend, right? Yeah. Like I exchange emails with him and, and, and developing sort of friendships with these, these people you grew up just, you know, as heroes. And, right. and so I think those, I'll always remember those, you know, I'll never forget like the opening of the stadium and the closing of this, of the, of, of, of the old mosaic. And just, those are, those are huge moments in, in, in rider history that you got to be a part of. Right. And, and obviously the 2013 great cup was just amazing. And, and just involving your kids, like having that great yeah. cup and, and, you know, having your kids, I've got these, I've got this great picture of my two kids, um, holding the great cup and there's, there's kind of got their arm around it and it's from behind. Yeah, and it's like it's it's neat because I've got a picture up there on my wall, and I've got a space, and I'm like, okay, I want to when we win and hopefully yeah. win another one here soon. I yeah. want a picture of them now, you know, yeah. doing the same pose. So yeah. it's it's things like that, like just there's just so many really cool memories. I got to bring the Grey Cup back to to Foam Lake with a couple players, cool. and that, that was really cool. Like it's kind of coming full circle. I wasn't CEO yeah. at the time, but it's coming full circle. And, yeah. And I think one of my favorite memories was just when the stadium was built and Jeremy O'Day was just fantastic. He did so much work on, on the, the design of the football space. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, our football space was essentially done. We hadn't opened and it, staff weren't there. And I remember just going to the locker room and I remember just sitting there next to Jeremy. He was in one locker stall and I was in another. And we just sat in silence and we just looked. Yeah. And I don't even know how much time passed. And we just looked and we're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, this is like game changing mm-hmm. and this is here and the riders deserve this and it's so awesome and it was just it was one of those things like i said earlier about you know you just bring so much energy to this job because you just want the riders to be great and it was right. it was a moment for me it was like this is great mm-hmm. like this is there isn't a locker room that's better than this totally. in the world probably right now yeah. like this is as good as it comes yeah. and it's here and it's in saskatchewan and and 
our players are going to get to come in and see this. And yeah. it was just, it was kind of neat. Yeah. It, uh, that first year, there were so many of those moments for me too, where I remember we were shooting a mar- marketing campaign and it was under the lights of Mosaic Stadium. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And we yeah. were just like, we had some time. We were waiting for the next shot to be set up. And it was like me, you, and a couple other people. We just had a football out there. Yeah. We were throwing we were the, just throwing I it. never forget that. It yeah. was just, we were tossing the, the football around yeah. in the end zone. I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. Right? And while you're waiting, like a football to come at your face in the dark, you're just, yeah. you're, you're taking a look around being like this is so cool yeah. like how many years in the making was the stadium that i'm so lucky to be on but at the same time i'm throwing i'm playing catch with the president and ceo of the riders i'm i'm there were a couple rider players that we were throwing it with too it was just such a surreal yeah, and you moment. kept dropping it too you were well just butter butter fingers i don't think you're one say. to judge considering your, well, the your high were, school <laughs> the passes were tight yeah, and they were right in the bread basket <laughs> might have kept something dropping to do with it. it yeah so we're all going through right now so i just want to single out covid19 um, and just kind of dive into that a little bit give me a brief glimpse into how this has impacted your team and rider nation as a whole because it's on the outside i can't even imagine what it's like for you yeah, it's it's been hard, and I'm glad you mentioned the team. And that's that's the thing that you know it's the hardest is is you know we right away when this pandemic hit, you started to think, oh, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. This isn't good for our business. Uh, we're in the mass gathering events business, mm-hmm. and this doesn't look good in terms of mass gatherings totally, and yeah. rider games. And and so you start to feel about, oh my goodness, I hope we can get a get a season in here this means so much to people we gotta find a way to do it and, and it was the year of the great cop that year was of the great cop and so now you start thinking okay oh my goodness like we, we're putting so many plans into the great cop how are they going to be altered and then it wasn't too long into it where i sort of thought no this is this is serious this mm-hmm. is not gonna you know we're not gonna be hosting the great cop yeah. um or it doesn't look like we're gonna host the great cop and the season's in a bit of jeopardy here and mm-hmm. we just spent so much time at the cfl level and, and my colleagues across the league i just have so much time for them because we spent so much time trying to find a way to play like mm-hmm. it was just every morning because the eastern time zone back then like my first conference call would be like 7 a.m 6 30 a.m and the last one would be like 6 p.m yeah and you just it was the same topic all day, every day, like yeah. trying to find a way to play financial, uh, you know, analysis related to that mm-hmm. health and safety, trying to figure out how would you do this? You know, what and about everything about was bubble? changing. Yeah. Everything's changing. And you, that's the biggest thing you don't know, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, well, what about this? Okay. Yeah. No, we'll be able to have fans. And you quickly like, no, we're not gonna be able to have fans. Could yeah. we do a bubble? Like everybody started talking about a bubble. So we started, right. you know, and just, you had to be really adapt adaptive. So yeah. super challenging there. And then it was just so, so sad. I, I think for everybody, everybody felt that when we, when we just couldn't get a season and we couldn't accomplish it. And, um, and so, yeah. And then I, unfortunately I just knew just given the financial crisis we were facing that we were going to have to make some organizational changes right. and they were going to be really tough. And, you know, Mason, you work there, like it's a family, mm-hmm. it's a tight knit family because probably because of the pressure cooker, but everybody's yep. in it. And you, when you're, when you're in it, you're really in it. And you just, you have a, you, your colleagues become your family and your friends. And it just, I just, it was devastating to know that we were going to have to probably make some mm-hmm. alterations to our, our workforce and reduce either temporarily or in some cases permanently. And that yep. was, that was gut wrenching. It was just terrible. And I think people, a big misconception with the writers is that Oh, it's the riders. They probably have so many resources. There's not a lot. No. There are a lot of people that have to wear a lot of hats, a lot of passionate people who sacrifice a lot for those roles. The, the moment I found out that that 
things were going to be changing. I just couldn't even imagine how tough that would be. Yeah, it was tough on everybody for sure, and our leaders and our organization. Um, mm-hmm. You know, saying goodbye to people and then trying to figure out how they're going to do the do the do the work. But mm-hmm. you're right. You hit an important point. Like I think, given the brand size, you know, even nationally, like people would think, yeah, we have hundreds of people working there, and there was. You know, including coaches, there's like 75 people that right. that, that work there. And, and so we had to reduce our workforce by almost 35%, which was just really hard to do. And mm-hmm. But most importantly, it was just hard to say goodbye to some people that you did not want to say goodbye to. Totally. And um, and they're just, they work so hard and they put their heart and soul into rider and, games. And, and it's and not like you can do like a party or something no. like that. Uh, it's These are just such challenging times in that yeah. aspect. Through all of this, your dad, and in an interview you did with CBC, it was right after you got the role, you said, I've got two young kids stepping out from a little bit behind the scenes and to a little bit more of a public facing. You worry about the impact on your kids. And I feel like every parent is in that constant dance of being able to balance work and shielding them from their stresses. With so much of your work being public, how are you able to compartmentalize all that work to make sure that you are present as a father? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. And yeah, that was that was probably the primary concern I would say when I was thinking about applying for the role was just you know the public aspect and and as the kids grew up, like you know, how is it going to impact them? Mm-hmm. And are they going to have friends who sort of say your dad's an idiot? You should fire this. And <laughs> yeah. why did why did we lose all? Yeah. Why did we lose two games in a row? And right. So you worry a little bit about that because um, you know as a as a dad, you just your whole world is your kids, right? And you just yeah. want to protect them and make sure they're 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 good and so I, I i just really try to be present when i am yep. home with them you know try to put the phone away but it's one of those jobs where you can't ever be away, away from, from your it. phone because yep. you never know what might happen or right. this player gets released or this happens yep. and and you have to respond um so you, it's a challenge that way but um you know i think that's one of the positives uh, coming out of covid was um having the kids i think i mentioned this earlier having the kids at home um, spending a little time at the lake with them and it's the, you know, they're, they're 13 and 11 right now. And so yeah. it's a really cool time to be with them because right. they're, they're little adults, little adults almost. Yeah. And, they, and, and so, so you're able to be really present with them this, this year. And I think that's one of the positives that's going to come out of COVID, like, um, probably less travel. Like I, I was yeah. going to Toronto, goodness, like once a month right. and then you go on away trips with the team and you yeah. do these things and I'm just going to travel less. Yeah. Um, because you know, it's, I just, don't need to. And, and I think we've realized we can work differently. And right. so you probably won't, you know, have monthly trips to Toronto anymore to, for CFL meetings, totally be virtual. Yep. And so you'll get some more time at, at home with them. And so, but yeah, no, they're, they're a huge priority. They always will be. Awesome. So looking back at where your life was before you took on the role, what sacrifices have you had to make? I think just the anonymity. I don't certainly don't seek it out. And so it's, it's, it, it it's just interesting and, and different and it's an adjustment period, right? Yeah. When you go out to, it's funny, my kids, my kids really see it because somebody would come up and talk to me about the riders and it's great. You know, yeah. they're talking about the riders and they're like, how do you know that guy, dad? And I'm like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Noel, um, he just came up to me because he recognized dad and right. he wants to talk about the, the, the game. And yeah. so, so uh, on, yeah, on the one side, it's really, really cool. On the other side, it takes, it's, I'm still not used to it. Right. It's Joe, because I don't, I don't, view it that way and and or myself that way and so it's just even bizarre sometimes when you sort of have that have that experience so i yeah. think it's just it's just, i think it's just sort of being recognized a little bit yeah. um 
What's That's, that like? Like Dan Clark was on the podcast and he said if he goes to Costco, he can hear like a kid under his breath saying, dad, that's, that's Dan yeah. Clark. What's that like to like be scouting out like the TVs or something and just have somebody staring at you because you know, they recognized you? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it anywhere near like, you know, the players and right. stuff like this. So for me, it's, it's generally a hardcore fan who yeah. recognizes the, who the CEO is, <laughs> yeah. right? Or if you're at Ryderville at Grey Cup, like, you know, you've got, yeah. those are some pretty committed fans well, who I bet know you who you are. you get a lot of drink spot. Yeah, you. you do. Yeah, you yeah. do. And because they're, they, they know, they know the team, they're passionate fans. Yeah. So, so yeah, I know it's, I, I don't even know, like, Cody Fajardo, I don't even know how he goes to the grocery totally, store. Yeah. I really don't. Um, it, for me, it's nowhere near that whatsoever. But it is a little bit, you'll see a little bit, and it's, it's I don't know if Dan mentioned this, but it's it's easy now. You recognize the look. It's yeah. the look like they, they recognize you, right? Yeah. And they just, there's something that goes on in their face, and they're like, <laughs> they recognize that it's, that they know you. And I think for me, it's like, I know that guy yeah. from somewhere, but I don't know who he is. Like, <laughs> yeah. who is that guy? That's he's, Foam Lake's quarterback. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's, it's a little bit like that versus like Dan Clark, where it's like, that guy's a rider. Yeah. I think, I think I get a lot of the, who is that dude? I totally. recognize him. He was in the paper or something yeah. at some point. So yeah. I don't know who he is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a neat part of the job too. Cause you get, you get these random interactions and, and, uh, and it just it reminds you how much the team means to people. Right. So looking back now at that kid who was growing up in Foam Lake, who was a huge writer fan, if you could go back in time and tell him something about what your life was going to look like now, what would you tell him? Well, that's another good question. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I was a kid, I, I'd probably be like, everything happens when it happens. Like, don't stress about it. Because it's interesting. I, had a, I went to the U of S one time and I spoke to a, a group and there was a guy there and he's super keen to get involved in sports. And he's like, I gotta get involved in sports right now. And I said, my advice to him was, no, go, go have a career. And then, and then look for that opportunity when you've got enough experience um, that you can bring some experience to, to, to sports. If you, if you're passionate about sports. And I think that's what I probably would say to him is just, you know, don't, don't rush it or don't, don't overthink it. Just let, just let your life experience happen. Cause you, you have, you, you're going to have some great experiences that will be the reason why you, you probably got that job, right? right. The, the adaptability and the, and the ability to sort of be comfortable with change and, and being a little bit calm. And those are probably some of the reasons you know, that you, you got the job at the right. end. So, so go through that process and, and be patient. Awesome. So last question, looking back, be, you were the CEO and the president of CEO before you were even 40 and you have a ton of life experience that took you all over the globe. You, you clearly crave like new experiences and, and, um, to be challenged in different ways. What does your future look like? And I don't want this to like start rumors. Like, did you hear that Craig Reynolds wants to leave the riders or anything like that? But what does the future for Craig look like if you had to map that out now? Yeah, I don't know. I, and I think maybe it's a bit, um, goes back to, I just kind of, maybe the advice I just gave little Craig in yeah. foam, foam, foam Lake Saskatchewan <laughs> yeah. to just let it, let it happen. Yeah. I don't have any sort of grand plan. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, I'll tell you, it's really nice to wake up in the morning being passionate about what you do. Yeah. And I, I liked my jobs. Like I loved working for Sunker Energy, but I, yeah. I wasn't passionate about bitumen right yeah <laughs> so, what is that <laughs> bitumen is the the oil where the oil comes from it's sort of this okay the, i didn't know if i was supposed it. to censor that no word. <laughs> no bitumen is is is, is what, what they mine okay and then they and they they upgrade it to oil learn something new so today. yeah 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 so anyways um but i wasn't pas passionate about that yeah. so i'm super passionate about this right now and it goes back to what i said earlier like you just want to make the riders great and yeah. and and you want to win great cups and you want to host a great cup and you want to host a great great cup at the new stadium so there's yeah. just so many cool things that 
ahead. And uh, I love the people that I work with. They're just great. Like working with our football folks are great. Jaron yeah. is wonderful. And Craig Dickinson is just awesome. And, yeah. and our whole team that you know very well there. Mm. They're just fun to work with. And I have fun and fool around at, at yeah. my job and now. And I'm trying to, you know, trying to, you know, even during the challenging times during COVID, you know, you try to try to have fun when you can. Yeah. And, and um and it will get better so so i don't know i don't have any grand plan uh, you're it's kind of hard because you're in your dream dream job right yeah, so totally. then what would you do after you, your dream job right. so but i also believe that you know and jim was really good at this too um and he said this a couple times when he was when he was sort of departing like i also believe like i shouldn't be in this role for 25 years or something like that you, right. need, you need new ideas and new energy like if i'm in this role in 20 years i hope the board goes back to this podcast. Like says, time out. for this guy to go. <laughs> yeah. He's been here way too long. Right. It's because I believe that. Like I don't think I should be here for for forever yeah. or super super long. Because you need fresh ideas, and I think that's what you know. You said like being young. I think that was good. I had lots of passion, lots of energy, and lots of ideas. And because I love the I love the riders. Mm -hmm. And so if if somebody better, you know, if there's somebody that different, younger, or whatever it is that should be running them, yeah. then I'm going to be sort of saying, yeah. Well, so many different should run this team. I right did now. beat you in fantasy football in the sem semifinal this year, so I'd like to put my name forth. Well, when I, that day comes, yeah, no, you you you're good at fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're not good at catching the football, but you're good at <laughs> fantasy football. I'll take that. Um, before we let you go, I'm going to hit you with some speed round questions that will kind of connect us with you on a different level than uh, your rider story. Okay. So that stresses me. Out. You haven't seen these. Uh, these are going to be. Fun, lighthearted ones, but we'll start with the first one. What's one thing Arizona has that you wish that Saskatchewan has? Swimming pools everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like outdoor ones? Outdoor ones. <laughs> like we do have those. Yeah. Um, okay. Last movie you watched, oh, regardless man. of what it was. Oh, um, Tenet. That's oh, good. Okay. Tenet's good. Did not understand it. No, you got. I got to watch it again. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's one of those that you you it finishes and you're like the credits are up. You're like, yeah. okay, and you're going on Google yeah. to figure out what just happened. Yeah, I got to watch it again. What is your guilty pleasure TV show? Oh man, that's a good question. Walking Dead. I love Walking. Oh Dead. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and Mark Habeck and Andrew Craig, right? Big Walking Dead guys. Yeah, group chats after. Totally. There, you don't find a lot of people that have like stuck with that show throughout. Yeah, but it's still going. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, what's something that a lot of people get wrong about you? That I'm a typical accountant. Yeah. Yeah. I guess absolutely. <laughs> you do have like your typical accountant. Some that I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like math. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your desert island album? Album? Yeah. Adele. Whatever <laughs> the, the greatest is it hits? called? Hello? Hello? <laughs> um, no, you know, probably Pearl Jam 10. Yeah. Getting back to like my grunge early nineties. Yeah. That was like, I never would get sick of. And I could listen to all those songs all right. over again. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I, I love that we're joking about Adele, but like you truly like Adele. Like my going away party, we went to a karaoke yeah. bar and you sang Adele. Adele. Hello. <laughs> I love it. Um, fill in the blank. Saskatchewan is blank. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. There's your accountantism. Like I want a deeper <laughs> answer than, <Did> you? <laughs> than what Saskatchewan is. I think it's awesome. I really do. I, I um, Saskatchewan, uh, I don't know. It's... Full of great people. Like I, I always think about people when I think about the, the province. Yeah. Um, yeah. When people ask me about even about rider fans and it, it's about the people and, and, yeah. and that's what I always think about. Oh, that was a much better answer. Okay. Thank it, you. Um, okay. Next question. So you were with Swing with the Stars. You were, you were a contestant. Yeah. 
That was bad. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. Do you think you can remember your swing with the stars choreography if I asked you to do it right now? No, not anymore. <laughs> but I tell you, for about 18 months to two years, I could have. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remembered. I like that. Was an uptown funk? Is what you? No, it to? was uh, Bruno Mars though. But it yeah. was. It wasn't that song. It was another one of his songs. Right. Like, if I ever hear it, I get like. PTSD. Yeah, you start like, stepping, yeah, counting start, steps. Even up, Uptown Funk. Ever, whenever, whenever I hear Bruno Mars, I, I think about it. Yeah, um, for sure. So, right. But there was a while like it, it gets stuck in your brain because you do it so many times. Yeah, and it's that's a neat experience to just go through it because, and that's why I did it. I was like, I want to try to do something I'm really bad at and see if I can do it. And then I, I realized, no, I can't. Like this is yeah, <laughs> your part. Your partner carried the load oh, on that one she yeah. was and so she knew good. that right off the bat she's like she took one look at me and she's just like okay this is going to be about <laughs> hiding you and <laughs> you can spin me around and do some yeah, things she would like spin and like drop into the splits yeah. and then there was yeah. a moment like your moment where you like ran and slid on your knees yeah that that's how the intro, intro intro was and that was that was the the, the big moment and, but yeah it was just a series of me holding the <laughs> spins i had to do a couple kick moves though that were really hard and yeah they were timed very kick technical moves. Yeah, yeah those were those were hard but i remember even this is how bad it was the night before we changed the choreography because oh, I could not do this one <laughs> step. And she's just like, just do this. And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. And totally. so like literally the night before we changed it. Right. Wow. Yeah. The pressure. Yeah. Um, last question. What connects us? What connects us? You and me? Well, chords. This is again, This is, that's what's <laughs> connecting us. But like in general, what connects us? The ride. I think the riders connects us. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I think they really do. I think it connects us as a province. I think, uh, and connects us with a great sponsor of the riders. Okay. So there's a connection there. <laughs> Shameless get plug. Get that plug in there. <laughs> Thank you for your support, yeah. Connexus. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I honestly believe that the riders connect us. Like it's it's something where, I remember living in Calgary. I'd always go to the rider games and I'd see friends from U of S and I'd see people I knew from Saskatchewan and we right. just had this one thing in common and it's just it's this common thread um, throughout, uh, throughout the province. Yeah. And you know, you put aside all these, you know, if you got little rivalries or whatever it is everybody can get united behind the riders yeah. even when we lose everybody's united and they're mad totally <laughs> <laughs> i think if anybody else would have answered that question with where they're where they work i would say no do it again but it's i agree if you go to if you watch any sporting event on tv when they're allowed to have people like whether it's like wrestlemania whether it is like a european soccer game there was always one person in a rider jersey, jersey. or something yep. like that it's yep. crazy yeah well, that's it, Craig. Thank Excellent. you so much for joining me. Like, I feel like I know you quite a bit, but it's cool to hear who Craig was before he even joined the Riders and just how crazy your life was even leading up to it and how you basically had the courage to leap from to Arizona, to Luxembourg, to all over the place, but then came back and became a home-rooted president and CEO of the Riders, which is super cool. Yeah, well, thanks so much for for having me. It's, it's been really cool catching up. And yeah, uh, yeah I know it's... I'm. I'm lucky. I'm a, just a lucky guy to be doing doing this job, and, and uh, I love it. Awesome. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the What Connects Us podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. If you like the podcast, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe or follow button, or give the post a like, comment, or a share. We'll see you in two weeks. Till then, Craig and I are going to go jam to Adele. You bet.